Hello, Bobby Schindler here. This is my third installment on Bioethics Review. Uh, let me share my sister's story briefly here today. Terry Schiavo. Her name, my sister's name, is seared into the national memory as a face of the right to life movement, really. Uh, but it's now been more than more than a decade, actually going on 14 years since her death. Many are now too young, really, to remember her witness. Uh, at the age of 26, Terry uh, experienced a still unexplained collapse while she was at home with her estranged husband, uh, Michael Schiavo, who uh, subsequent, subsequently became her guardian. After a short period of time, Michael lost interest in caring for his brain injured, uh, but otherwise Terry was uh, young and healthy, um, and he lost interest with, uh, with caring for her. She was cognitively disabled, but she was not dying, and she did not suffer from any life-threatening disease, in a manner of speaking. She was neither on machines nor brain-dead, quote-unquote. To the contrary, she was alert and interacted with friends and family. Now, that was before Michael placed her in a nursing home, several nurse, nursing, nursing homes, uh, actually, and eventually petitioned the courts uh, for permission to starve and dehydrate her to death. It was this, this decision by Michael that made my sister's story a national and really an international story rather than simply a family story. It was this decision to deprive my sister of food and water that transformed our family's struggle. Uh, rather than trying to work with Michael to care for and rehabilitate Terry as aggressively as possible, we uh, began to battle, we had a battle against Michael for uh, the right to my sister's life and, and fighting for her life. Uh, Michael finally testified after many years of legal maneuverings against my family that Terry had told him before her uh, unexplained, unexplained collapse uh, that she would not have wanted to live uh, in a brain-injured condition. This was hearsay evidence that led the media uh, and others to deny Terry's right to life and instead speak of quote-unquote end-of-life issues and advocate for her quote-unquote right to die. So then on the orders of Judge George W. Greer of Pinellas County, and despite the efforts of uh, St. John Paul the Great, a, a president, which was George Bush at the time, Congress uh, of the United States, uh, Governor Jeb Bush, uh, George Bush's brother, who was the governor of Florida, Terry was deprived of food and water, despite the efforts of all these, all these people in, in really high places of power. After 13 days, almost two weeks, my sister died of extreme de dehydration, which occurred on March 31st, 2005. We couldn't save my sister, though millions of advocates did succeed in speaking for the fundamental dignity of every human life, regardless of circumstance or condition. It was the trauma of our experience, really, that uh, fighting for my sister that led my family to create the Terry Shiva Life and Hope Network uh, just after her death in 2005. This was both done in the memory of my sister and to service our medically vulnerable persons today. I'll be noticed to, to my family, really at the time of our struggle with Terry, the method of Terry's death, the denial, the fatal denial of food and water, uh, was common. It was only, it has only become more common uh, since her passing and uh, as Wesley J. Smith so routinely reports, bioethicist Wesley J. Smith, new rights, quote-unquote, to death are paradoxically being enshrined, reshaping a vocation meant to care for and heal the sick into one that eliminates suffering by eliminating the sufferer. 
Increasingly, medical professionals do this end of life even without the patient's consent. A stranger, in other words, may very well decide how and when you die. It was once true, for instance, that food and water was considered basic in ordinary care, yet now the presence of a tube as distinct from a spoon to deliver food and water means that basic nourishment is considered quote-unquote extraordinary in a form of quote-unquote medical treatment. Yet tubes are often used for the same reason that automation is revolutionizing the workforce. They're cheaper and more efficient than round-the-clock human care. It is now legal in every U.S. state, all 50 states, to deny food and water, which leads to fatal uh, dehydration. This is simply one step on the path to controlled and regulated access to all forms, of, all forms of food and water, including whatever a bureaucrat decides can be placed on your mother's nursing home supper tray. Hospital ethics committees are often leading the effort to reshape medicine, giving themselves unilateral power to decide whether a patient deserves to receive treatment or whether life-affirming treatment will continue if by chance there's a dispute within a family. Uh, The tragic case of Chris Dunn, for example, who was filmed literally begging for his life in a Texas hospital, illustrates all too well what happens when an ethics committee decides to appoint itself as legal guardian of a patient in order to deny treatment, even with such a course as supposed as it was in Dunn's case by both the patient and his guardian, who was his mother. Not only is death often imposed, it is now encouraged as if death itself were a form of medicine. As of last year, more than half the states in the country were considering a form of physician-assisted suicide legislation. It appears likely that suicide will, within the next five years, be enshrined as a personal quote-unquote health right in most of the country. In this, we would only be following some of our European neighbors. That seems to be growing every day. In the Netherlands and Belgium, for instance, as Wesley J. Smith recently documented, Alzheimer's patients, infants with disabilities, the aged, and the chronically ill are routinely encouraged to die or have death imposed on them. Brittany Maynard, who committed suicide in November of 2014 after already having outlived her doctor's terminal brain cancer prognosis, was able to choose her death by suicide. But how many now will die, not because they embrace that sort of death, but because they feel pressured by smiling physicians or hovering children and heirs to accept it. To die without hope seems the furthest thing from a death with dignity. Other less fortunate patients will face what Smith explains is considered, quote, termination without request or consent, end of quote. A A wonderfully anodyne way to describe murder through terminal sedation or the denial of food and water. My experience in funding for my sister Terry and the experiences of assisting more than 1,000 patients and family through the Terry Shiva Life and Hope Network over the past decade have strengthened my resolve and my belief that we can do better as a culture. We need to do better. And for those requiring authentic medical treatment, than what our present attitudes and laws suggest. It is why the Terry Schiavo Life and Hope Network affirms essential qualities of human dignity, including the right to food and water, the presumption of the will to live, due process rights for those facing denial of care, protection from euthanasia as a form of medicine, and access to rehabilitative care. 
Each of these are, were rights my sister was denied, and they are rights of every patient that are often at risk or contested outright. As we mark the anniversary of my sister's death this past March, I'm hopeful that we can remember some of these genuine means of upholding human dignity. If we do, we can be assured that when we face crisis in our own lives and the lives of those whom we love, we will meet the moment with a dignity and grace that elevates us in our weakest moments, regardless of the outcome. That was a promise of medicine once, and it was what my sister continues to inspire me to fight for daily. If you want to hear more of Terry's stories, you can get it in the book I offered, authored with my family after Terry's death. It's titled A Life That Matters, The Legacy of Terry Schiavo, and it's available on Amazon and elsewhere. Thank you for joining me today, and we look forward to joining you again on my next Bioethics Review podcast.